is this? I don't have the number saved. Oh, good buddy. <laughs> new phone. I just always resp- I always respond with, uh, oh, I just got a new phone. Dude, you get a new phone every time I text you. <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my numbers, which is not even a thing anymore because they just transfer it for you right yeah, there on the spot. Google so you or whatever. Can't even say that. Yeah. <laughs> called the bur- bourbon steward right a bourbon steward yep okay there's That's also enough. an executive bourbon steward all that which i hopefully will be able to do but because of covid you have to do that in person it's like an eight-hour class all day in kentucky wow. okay i just want to make sure it wasn't called like a sommelier or a no. Uh, Cicerone or some shit like that. That wasn't like a so weird word. That's what it, it is. The That's like its level compared to like mm-hmm. what we would call Well, Cicerone. I don't know. What's a Cicerone? The beer. Oh, expert. like, ba- I mean, we can talk about it when, when we get recording, but mm-hmm. um, basically, like, I can confidently tell you what bourbon is, what legally constitutes as a bourbon. Mm-hmm. I can put together a flight for you of, like, like bourbons and kind of pick apart notes and stuff like that. And just oh, kind of yeah. know the history of it. That's kind of what a bourbon steward is. Mm, pretty much the same. Like, it was kind of cool. Like, the test, they, they send you a book and you get to study it. Half the shit I already knew because I went down a rabbit hole already. But, um, <laughs> like, one of the cool things at the end was, like, put together a flight. Like, you have to type it out and why you put it together. What's, what is the, why are you putting these whiskeys together? What, yeah. it, what are you trying to show with these whiskeys? And you have to, like, type it out and everything. And then they look at it and... So there's a written part to it. There's a written part. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. At the yeah, end. The first level Cicerone is multiple choice. <clears throat> it's like 90 questions in 60 minutes or something. So it has to be quick. Like you mm-hmm. can't just sit and research like the answers yeah. and stuff. So you got to be like pretty quick on it. But it's, yeah, all multiple choice. And then the the uh, Cicerone itself is an in-person. Everything past the, gotcha. just the, uh, it's like a beer, um, certified beer server. Is what the first level gotcha. is, and then okay. the Cicerone is yeah, like certified person. Cicerone. So yeah, that's probably yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the executive, like you go down to Kentucky, at least where I my, I got mine from Stave and Thief, um, which is like the main one. You actually mm-hmm. go through an eight hour class where like a, a master distiller teaches you how to distill and all that stuff in yeah. class, and it gets a little more in depth with 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 things. But I wanted to do it last year, but obviously because of COVID, mm-hmm. like it was harder. Yeah, it's like five hundred bucks to do, but I'm like, yeah, well, that'd be fun. Make yeah, it, make it like a weekend trip into Kentucky. Yeah, and, but everyone like everyone was closed. Yeah, too. Like, there's some that are still not open. Like Jim Beam, I think is still closed. That sucks. Yeah, you can't do anything down there. Yeah, I think they're finally starting to do um, Cicerone tests now too. Yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I'm surprised Michigan doesn't have one. Just how? Yeah, I don't know. I known think for they beer. do travel around though. I think it does move. Oh, okay, I gotcha. I know there's something in Columbus or, you know, something in Ohio, the Chicago one out east, out west. So I think I just move around. But... You going to do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Yeah. I just did the first level uh, like three weeks ago. Oh, sweet. So I just got to start getting. Um... And that was just the beer server one. Is there a beer sommelier kind of thing? Or is it just you get That's more what a Cicerone is. That is what a Cicerone is. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You have to become a master in it. See, like with whiskey, it's hard. Like one of the things they have going on right now is like you can be able to tell who the distiller is by the taste and stuff, which is nuts. It's insane, man. Is, yeah. Because there's a That's lot of... That's to be crazy. Because it's... I don't know. Some of it's like the tastes and flavors are so subjective. I'm pretty confident I can pick out any Jim Beam product. They have a pretty unique like... 
it's like a candy corn or like cornbread flavor to their whiskey. And I feel yeah. like I can pick it that out. But sense. like, yeah, like I know I feel like I could do like a Woodford Double Oak. I know what that profile is. But beyond that, man, it's so hard because so many whiskeys and bourbons have this a yeah. similar profile. So, yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of the once you get into like <clears throat> the advanced Cicerone and, and master Cicerone, it's like a um, it's all like a blind taste test and you have to tell what the profile is and like what grains were used it's stuff like, like it's that super like, intense. yeah, yeah. Super that's intense. the same as like well what do you think the mash bill is of this bourbon or, or whatever it uh-huh. may be you have to wow. know so much which is cool i mean once yeah. you get to know that like yeah like i can tell you like if i try something i'm like i know if it's a scotch or bourbon or even a rye because rye has a pretty distinct mm-hmm. profile and i can probably tell you where a lot of ryes come from just mm-hmm. by a certain note but even then you get that note in a lot of them so it's like I, I don't know how you do that with bourbon. Yeah. With bourbon, you get a little cheat because it's like, well, it's fifty-one percent corn, at so least, I know that. Yeah, at least fifty-one percent corn. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I know that part. It's at least half corn. <laughs> yep, you're right. All right, yeah. that's it. And then whatever else is in there, dude. I can't imagine like drinking a beer and being able being able to decipher what's in the grain bill. Like I don't, I don't even know if that's possible. Just because there's, I think like to an extent, like you could tell, like yeah, there's pale chocolate in here, obviously, and this tastes like this tastes like a Maris Otter instead of a Turo or, you know, mm-hmm. something. Those, like, very basic, obvious, or oh, not so obvious, but, you know, to a somewhat trained palate. But Yeah, I think once you know the style, though, you know what and that's, typically goes in it. And that's someone big thing. is being crazy and puts, um, you know, Carafa 3 and IPA, you're going to be like, what is this? Yeah. This profile, you right, know, like, yeah. that's weird. That's how you get it to darken, like, you know, it looks orange and they put it that instead mm-hmm. of... But if traditionally, like this beer has all pilsner malt, then you're gonna go okay. It's yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, you kind of know the style, and then you're gonna know what's typically gonna be in it. So it's yeah. not like super you gotta, secretive. You gotta drink a lot, and then you actually have to <laughs> yeah. think about what you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the tough part because once you get like a couple, like a couple whiskeys in, I'm like, I'm good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, at some point, I don't even t- like it. All tastes the same, especially yeah. if I eat and drink whiskey. Or even beer, it's like it all just kind of tastes the same yeah. at some point. You so. get palate fatigue and yeah. it just all blends. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we were talking to to Zach from Urban Rest, like the owner head brewer, and he, we were having a conversation of like, we all like separately talked about how we had to like just enjoy beer at some point <laughs> yeah. because it was all yeah. like critique like, oh, it's in this. Oh, and instead of just doing it for the fun, it was like you were critiquing the beer, not like like you were dissecting it. Yeah. You know, you were doing instead it of enjoying for that reason instead of just like having a beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like in, in the whiskey world, cause I'm, I'm very, very new or not new, but I'm a big novice in the whiskey world and I still don't do, I still don't drink a lot of whiskey myself, but, uh, I know in beer, if you could get one of the greatest palates in the world, I, I, um, heard an interview with Gordon Strong. He's like the, one of the top master like judges and stuff like that is this dude's insane like one of the most like sought after palettes and he even said like if you just put a beer in front of him blindly like it is very not very difficult but it's difficult to decipher what that beer is Mm -hmm. you know because like your first initial reaction to it could you know you could see it and go like pale ale and then it's not but your brain you drink it and your brain goes Mm -hmm. pale ale find something that's pale ale in here you know and and so it's it's tough to decipher that and and obviously there are things like you're not going to drink a blonde ale and think like oh this is a stout you know something like there's obviously you know things that you can deduce through drinking so in whiskey is that a thing or like you know you're saying those um the high level people you could set down anything and then they could tell yeah i think 
I bet you'd see a lot of people that are considered experts, like they'd be screwed. Okay. And I think they'd admit it. They probably wouldn't even want to do a test like that, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you, because um, there are, uh, again, there. so you have to be 51% corn at least. That has to be the one of the grains, right? Most of them, they do around like 70%, maybe a little bit more than that. Oh, wow. And you get, okay. a pretty, you get a pretty similar profile. I mean, like all the mash bills are essentially the same. What differentiates it is the <laughs> aging, how it's aged, like mm-hmm. where it's aged in a warehouse, top floor, middle floor, bottom floor, how the weather is. I mean, that's why, like, one of the reasons scotches age so long is because the weather's pretty consistent. Where you oh, go to Kentucky, okay. you know, the winter, it helps, you know, uh, it pushes the uh, the whiskey out of the wood. And when it's warm, the summer gets more porous, it sucks it back in. And that's where a lot of it pushes it in and out. Okay. So the weather helps it a lot. It affects the profile. So I think that... Uh, I think you'd see a lot of people... I wouldn't subject myself to that. Yeah, I, okay. I just wouldn't do it. It would be yeah. too hard. I, I mean... It'd be scary to be up there. It's like, all right, tell me what this is. Right. Because there are a million different options. Okay, yeah. For one. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. And that was, that was kind of my concern because yeah. I know like beer, there's like, you know, technically 99 styles <clears throat> and there's variations within each style. Yeah. And so like with whiskey and, and bourbon and all that, you know, I didn't know if there were like variations like that. I know obviously there's a lot of different makers, um, but like ingredient wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could... You could be able to pick apart like what it is, like bourbon, rye, whatever. Um, but it, I think it would be kind of hard to pinpoint to a, you know, who distilled it. Some ways you can because of particular notes or you know that they use. Uh, even like this, there's no way you can pick a season. Like you can't okay. with, with okay. wine or you know what kind of <laughs> right, grape. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think you can do it, but I could be wrong. Um, but you know the I feel like people they, are making that up who say that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but like, some of them you don't you, know what you've is. seen that documentary <laughs> Psalm or whatever. Have you seen that about how it, what it takes to become a sommelier in wine? Oh, we're no. like one of the head guys. It's awesome. It's oh, I that, think it's on Hulu. No, but I do want to watch it. Oh, yeah. one of the one of the best ones in the world. Like he's like, yeah, this is this type of grape from this region. It, it's nuts. Wow. You want to know the it's craziest crazy. thing I've I've ever heard about wine though is there's been like there's been multiple studies and it's they've tried to hush hush it for the most part because it's so like disruptive to the wine culture, but they've had these mass like, or not, I wouldn't say huge studies because there's only like a panel of like 12 people, but it's like wine enthusiasts, like the head, you know, sommelier for like wine enthusiast magazine or these huge high profile guys and girls. They come, it's like a 12 person panel. It's like the best panel in the world. And they, wanted to finally like squash like this, you know, French wine versus California wine mm-hmm. versus whatever. And they did this blind taste test and rated these wines. And it was so disruptive that people were like, don't fucking put my name on this or like, we're well, going to sue you. California yeah. won a lot of those, right? New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They didn't win, but they were like two or three or yeah. something insane. And the person's like that we can't yeah. put our name yeah. on this. So we back out like they, so I, I don't know how it even leaked that that person was from, that magazine or whatever, maybe that was one person that said like, holy shit. Um, it's probably the New Jersey dude was like, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they couldn't even tell you, you know, they had those ranked higher than some like French wines who were like French wines, yeah. the best wine, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. A wine from New Jersey, like rated. Yeah. I like that. It just goes to show. Like, yeah. It was like five or six <laughs> out of the top 10. Yeah. They, it was like New Jersey uh-huh. and it was crazy. And what was crazy. Cause I, I saw the same one and it was like the top one was obviously like this six hundred dollar bottle of French wine that's an age for right. whatever, mm-hmm. and but then it was, 
Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. you get this uh, New Jersey wine, and this thing was like fifteen bucks or something like that, thirty bucks. Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's why I will not buy a bottle caffeine. of wine over fifteen dollars, <laughs> right? Yeah, because <laughs> there's no point. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got a little sidetracked here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little intro. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Mission Beer Pursuit episode forty. Um, like I said, we got a little carried away with the with the two Justins here. So we're not only joined by our usual co-host Justin, but uh my good friend Justin Jeffy um is joining us today who's our our bourbon expert. What's going on, Justin? What's up, expert? That's that's a lot behind that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Basically some guy world renowned. Just some guy that likes whiskey. World renowned. <laughs> um so we want to do a cool episode today just about bourbon and and beer barrel bourbon and bourbon barrel beer and all the other combinations you can think of with I bourbon like and it. beer. Cause I feel like if you like beer, you like bourbon. If you don't come have some bourbon with us and we'll change your mind about that yeah. real quick. <laughs> um, so Justin, tell us a little bit just on the background of, of your bourbon experience. So like how you kind of got into bourbon and then through the, uh, through the process of doing the, um, bourbon steward program. Yeah. So I was actually kind of a beer guy before, and I was really getting into like craft beers, just like everyone mm-hmm. else in Michigan, you know, cause there's so many options. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the only experience I had with whiskey was like Jack Daniels or Jim Beam or Jameson. You take a shot. Right. And I just remember I couldn't stand it. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll take a shot. And then you're like cringing afterwards, but everyone's like, yeah, you gotta, there's so many flavors. You gotta try it. So um, I finally started trying it. I was mixing it with ginger ale, um, which oh, is Jameson still good. And ginger. It's I still mean, good, yeah. you know, any whiskey and ginger. <laughs> uh, and then I, there was a, a rare one that became available called uh, Elmer T. Lee, and I knew Man. nothing. I knew nothing about it. Right? It's a oh, it's thirty-seven bucks. Sure. Which now you look back, you can't find one under like three hundred now. Uh, and there were so many available. This was like 2018, 2017. Yeah. A buddy told me to buy it. Our friend Tim. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start trying it. So first thing I do is, you know, mix it with ginger ale, which <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty it's good. So I get down like half the bottle and I'm like, you know, I should probably see if I can try this straight. And so, you know, you do it. Well, straight was put an ice cube in it, which is still not wrong, mm-hmm. but it's not neat just by itself. Mm-hmm. So I started slowly trying that Elmer Tilly neat and I'm like, I got hooked. I'm like, oh damn, I can... I can really taste like vanilla in here. So and good. Caramel or whatever, you know. Oh, that's and, great. Um, I need another bottle. Gone. Um, gone. Yeah, $300. Gone. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, you can't even find it. If you do, it's two, 300 easily. So, so I did. I actually did the same thing. So um, for those of you who don't know or are listening, uh, Justin and I work together. So when we got these bottles um, and at work, uh, everyone kind of like, there was some hype about it, like, hey, we should get, you know, we had enough of them. We had a bunch of them. Cases. Cases of them. Cases. And, which, yeah. hindsight, like, I would have taken a loan out from the bank to get all these bottles <laughs> because I only pallet. have one left. <laughs> I had, I think I had three total um, from when we had them. I had two at first. I bought I bought one, took it over to my buddy's house, and we're, like, working on his new house and stuff. And I was, like, spoiled by him, too, because he got me into bourbon um, we had drank Basil Hayden's, you know, Woodford and all that stuff that like we enjoy now is like, I, I would say like top tier bourbon, you know, not crazy, like high, like hard to find, but 
but very good bourbon like you would get you know out at the at the restaurants or something like that and so i was like accustomed to that not like so much the blended stuff or or shittier whiskey whatever you want to call it um and so when we got elmer t lee uh, i brought it over there and we drank the entire bottle that day and i think we were mixing it with coke because we were that's just what we did and so i was like oh i'm gonna get one more bottle kept that and then like kind of realized like the light bulb went off like damn these are really good bottles and you can't find this anywhere and so by the time that bottle was gone we were in tennessee we were in nashville yeah. i couldn't find it in nashville anywhere i, know, we, I went we into a like two days i went into a bourbon like store warehouse or whatever and i asked and the guy laughed at me mm-hmm. i was like hey do you have any elmer t lee he goes no he goes where are you <laughs> from i go michigan he goes you're better off getting it there than here i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and so we finally got some more in at work and i was willing to like risk my job to get this bottle because it's so I only have a I have a glass of it every year on my birthday and that's it mm. other than that it just sits in the bottle nobody can touch it it's over in the corner somewhere hidden um it's booby trapped so if you try and grab it your hand will come off and then explode nice. no um <laughs> but yeah similar like that all kind of hit at once and I was like oh my god this is the greatest whiskey that's still my favorite bourbon mm-hmm. of all time like it always holds a special place in my heart you know fast forward now i'm kind of a snob with certain things <laughs> um it's not my favorite but i still if i see it for i'm grabbing it it's still very good mm-hmm. and it's a single barrel so each time it's a little bit different but it has that similar that similar profile that like i can't believe that was my first one mm-hmm. really my first one and i like knew spoiled. nothing about it and like, yeah, sure, why not it's a small bottle yeah and now now i'm <laughs> I don't know, maybe two, three hundred bottles in <laughs> in my collection. <laughs> Something stupid like that. Can't even drink it all. <laughs> so what what made you want to do uh, the Bourbon Steward program and, and kind of tell us what what that is and what that entails? Yeah. So uh, basically, it's um, it's someone that can uh, that knows a lot about bourbon, kind of like the ins and outs that are required. I mean, bourbon's the most uh, heavily um, how am I how am I saying this? Uh, there's a lot of laws around what constitutes bourbon. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it's like under government control because back in the day people would add like tobacco and acid and stuff to make, give it the color and, and stuff like that. And people were dying or getting like crazy sick. shit. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're called rectifiers. I believe that's what they're called anyways. So like in order for people um, to know they're buying bourbon, you know, the government kind of got involved with what's required and mm-hmm. got the bottle and bond act, yada, yada, yada. But anyways. Well, um, tell, tell people who might not know the difference between bourbon and whiskey what the big difference is. So bur- all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. So mm-hmm. bourbon is uniquely American. It has to be made in America. Um, it has to be aged in a new American white oak barrel. So it, it can't be used before. Like scotch reuses a lot of barrels. It has to be brand new, cannot be used again. Uh, and it has to be at least 51% corn in order to be considered bourbon. You know, anything after that, like whatever, as long as it was 51% corn in the, the mash bill, then uh, it's it can be considered bourbon. And it, and it doesn't, there's no time limit in the barrel that mm-hmm. needs to be considered bourbon. It can be a second. As long as it touches. <laughs> as long as it touches the barrel. <laughs> One but, you know, bourbon. you'll find like you're not going to get those, the, a good bourbon mm-hmm. out of just doing stuff like that. So, um in order to be considered Kentucky straight or straight bourbon, it has to be aged for at least two years to get that straight bourbon title. And then, you know, after that, it's kind of a free for all. It doesn't even have to be made in Kentucky. That's a big misconception. Is it? That's ha- what I originally it, I thought it is. It does it has to be not in have County to, It can something. be made anywhere yep. in America. Okay. And even the origins of bourbon and who who started it is like 
it's all myth. Like there's no like Elijah Craig <laughs> gets the the credit and old. Uh, I think he was like a pastor. Like he was the first one. He had to keep keep his whiskey or something. His grains fresh. He had a fire and it burnt the barrel. So he put like the whiskey in a barrel and it, like it's just some <laughs> elaborate story. And then there's so many of them though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Evan Williams, all that. So there's no one really knows, but it's uh, it is it has to be uniquely American. That is bourbon. Nice. So mm-hmm. did the name bourbon come from Bourbon County or is that just a coincidence? No, they don't know. There's a, like oh, okay, it, it, it doesn't even. They think that's probably what it is because of Bourbon County, um, but there's you know there's some articles I think that reference the word bourbon, but they don't know where the name. It, it just makes sense. They probably oh, okay. were drinking so much they didn't care to like. Yeah. 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 It was just down. a sound that they made, and everyone <laughs> yeah. just started saying that. <laughs> but anyways, to answer your question, so you know a bourbon steward is able to kind of like tell the history a little bit. They can you can pair, you know, whiskeys maybe with some food or even a flight. Like you do mm-hmm. beer flights, you can have flights of whiskey. You just kind of make it similar, like that matches the palate, the nose, all that kind of stuff. And just tell a little bit about the history, you know, the difference. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did that. And uh, I wanted to do it, I think, mainly because I was annoying my wife a little bit. <laughs> like she's like, just, you know, do something with it. Mm-hmm. So she bought me the, the kit to, to do and take a test online. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was easy just because I was so obsessed with it. Right. <laughs> you already knew all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but very That's cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Any plans to do, is there any, like an upper level of that and any, yeah. any plans to do? The next like step is an executive bourbon steward. Okay. So you actually go down, at least the, the place I went through was Stave and Thief. Um, and they're in Kentucky and you take like an eight hour course. You get taught by a master distiller. Um, it's a whole thing. You got to pass the test. Like, yeah, I, I don't know the, uh, the total ins and outs. I know some people that have passed it and it's pretty involved mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you have to build a flight and learn the ground up what it, what it takes to be a distiller and, and all that stuff. So That's it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I just think I'd have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I'd be upset if I didn't pass, but right, uh, right. yeah. The competitive nature at least. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, well shoot, I just got to take it again. I right. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, bourbon in Michigan, I think, mm-hmm. is has become a lot more prevalent too as as of recently. There's so there's what there's fifty three distilleries in Michigan. Yeah, I think that that that's people that actually distill. So you mm-hmm. know, whiskey may not be their main product, but there's gin, there's vodka. Yeah. And a lot of them are like wineries that that just also distill. Mm-hmm. They have a distiller's permit, and and some some breweries do it too. So what are what are some of the more like notable? Uh, I guess bourbon distilleries here in in Michigan. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, Traverse City. Now they weren't the first, but I think as far as like in the whiskey community, I mean, they have a pretty far outreach. They just have quality stuff. So I mean, all the people that I talk to in Kentucky know about it. People out west in Arizona, there's a guy mm-hmm. on Instagram that I'm friends with. He's like, he wants me to get him like a, a bottle every time they come out with their wheat whiskey. Oh, like nice. it, it okay. has a far reach, and they That's won cool. some. They won some awards at a competition in San Francisco. It's like the competition, and uh, with their barrel proof version. And ever since then, man, they've it's good. They've, they've taken off. So yeah, and it's just a cool city too. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you been up there? Yeah. To oh, the distillery. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's cool because you walk in there and there's like the. Well, uh, I've been to the uh, the bar, not the distillery. So like. They, oh, you know okay. what I'm talking about? I yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to their distillery, but the one that's like downtown, it's like kind of their bar area where you can buy their bottles and stuff but i don't think it's their actual distillery gotcha they might they have to have a bigger they spot do. because yeah. the one we went and saw the the yeah. copper kettle and stuff i'm like they don't do it they no they way they way can do more all of this that. on this <laughs> one yeah. system that's crazy maybe they do i don't know uh but we went up there and got a uh 
the whiskey flight. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Super impressed. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. super good. Um, then you got a little bit more south. You got Coppercraft in in Holland. Yeah, which yeah. I wasn't able to go to when we did our our Holland trip uh, earlier this year, but wanted to. They're pretty badass. I, I I mean, for one, they have an awesome bottle design. Yeah. And if you're in the if you're in the game, like it's almost like your bottle design is like half of the marketing. Sure. <laughs> Whether you're with, like at least it'll get someone to buy it the first time. Same thing as wine. Yeah. I mean, it's same like thing a, as yeah. beer labels. Whether yeah. I mean, and I it's actually catch the eye. I actually like their stuff, and uh, they they recently merged with a, a company out of uh, D.C. Joseph A. Magnus, and uh, there's some history behind that too. But the DeVos family actually owns them, so mm, okay, they own a lot of stuff, including. Coppercraft and I think now Joseph A. Magnus. So nice. Yeah, it's I funny. I only know Coppercraft because of the Tigers. They're one of the sponsors yeah. of the Tigers. And the Lions now. now too, I think. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I think Tigers nice. and the Lions. Yeah, it's like that Amsterdam porch is now the Coppercraft porch over yeah. in right field. I don't know if you'd want that's that's how I know it. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions representing your, your Oh, I know, right? Yeah. It's embarrassed to have them represent anything. <laughs> because you have to drink Coppercraft to get through the game. Right, so. yeah. So thank God they're there at least. Um, and then some other ones, uh, even like, you know, there's a lot of breweries that do it too. So like Lansing Brewing Company has, has, uh, mm-hmm. some bourbon, um, Grand River Brewing has, has some bourbon they release. Oh, yeah. And then New Holland, we were talking before, um, before the podcast, they've been releasing some really cool bottles too. And they they have like a beer barrel burp, uh, uh, bourbon barrel beer. No mm-hmm. beer barrel. Bur- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Mixed I know <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, but I was super impressed with with uh that that beer barrel bourbon um i was like you know i'm not a huge fan of bourbon barrel aged beers just because there's like we i've talked before on the podcast there's some weird note like tasting note that i just don't like with like goose island ones and yeah kbs or cbs or something I, that i don't like the taste of in them but i've had like big lakes bourbon barrel aged beers and they're amazing i've had a couple other ones that are that are really really good so i can't say i don't like all of them there's some weird i still got to figure out what it is yeah to me because I, I know what you mean there's like almost this cloying sweetness that hangs in the back of my like the it's like the back of my palate something i just can't i can't yeah. shake and i wonder if that is the beer going in that's what that beer is it has that like like caramely sweetness uh, you know like super multi-profile and yeah. then it's just amplified through that because i've had like you said i've had beers that were aged in you know bourbon barrels or gin barrels or something like that that don't have that but the beer in itself stand alone seemed like it was probably good by itself you know mm-hmm. which i'm sure it is if they're going to put it into something like that but yeah um and what what's the new bottle that new holland just so it's released? actually it's like a 10 year single malt uh, whiskey okay so it's technically not a bourbon okay because, because it's, it's not, not corn the, it's not corn. it's it's a single malt so and that's kind of cool i think they aged it in a sherry cask as well which uh, well, that's like pretty popular with scotch and it, it, it adds a nice little sweet flavor. So it's cool because, uh, you know, even with their, their standard beer barrel, uh, aged in the dragon milks, the dragon milk barrels. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what, the way that works is in order for it, I guess legally it's not bourbon. Mm-hmm. Once you finish it, like you can call it bourbon under your label, but legally it's not bourbon. Um, it's just a finished whiskey at that point. But they age it still in, in new oak, uh, new American oak barrels, and then they finish it for however many months in a bourbon barrel. Or I'm sorry, a beer barrel. So that's usually how those finishes work is like the majority of the aging is done in an actual new new oak barrel. And then they transfer it into whatever, a sherry barrel or a, a beer barrel for, you know, 
four months, five months, six, whatever they deem mm-hmm. is like a, a right amount of time for the flavor. So that's typically how that works. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I'm a fan of finished whiskeys. I really am. When they do like the port finish and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think it adds some some unique flavors for and sure. profiles to it. So for sure. Do you know anything about the um, the Crown Royal deal where they had they released a bourbon and then had to redact it and go it was made in canada sorry it's not well yeah bourbon. yeah i think but and then I they think renamed the whole it. thing was like it was like oh canada's bourbon because it was like made the same way yeah but i don't think you i'm sure there's a huge thing like you can't call it a bourbon i never tried it but I, I think, i've had it and so yeah. they call it uh distillers mash yeah they had to rename it yeah and uh, i ran into some guy at the it was either meyer or, or somewhere and we got to talking um about it because he was like, Hey, try this. He's like, I don't think this is going to be around very long because it came out as a bourbon. They got in trouble because it wasn't a bourbon because it's made in Canada. And he's like, try it. It's pretty good. And it was like a fifth for like 20 bucks because they were kind of like, yeah. Oh shit, we kind of screwed up here, but we got it liquid. We need to get out. <laughs> right, right. Right. And I tried it. I'm like, this is amazing. So I went back and I bought like three more bottles and then I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. And then I've only seen it in like the little bottles. So I'll get a couple of those if I see them, but yeah. I haven't seen it in like a year and a half. Yeah, I still have the original one, the you know the messed up label one uh, at my one. house. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. the bottle. Yeah, I'd keep that. Yeah, very cool. And then even like right in front of me, we have uh, the Kirkland bottle, mm-hmm. um, which uh, members of Costco know about and yes. or hopefully do. And if they <laughs> see it, buy it. So you have the Kirkland Tennessee whiskey, but if we're talking strictly bourbon, we've had three different styles come out. Yeah, um, they've actually had a bourbon, like a seven-year bourbon, for a while. But I, didn't, I didn't like that one. I didn't like it either. They went. It was in Kentucky. They didn't say who distilled it. You can kind of guess. And then it went to Tennessee. And there's only a few places in Tennessee that. Then there was that like a twelve-year. Yeah, um, and now this is like the first time that Costco's actually said where they got it on their label. It's always a mystery. Where does Costco get their liquor? It's the vodka's <laughs> Belvedere. But yeah, they don't say it. You know, it's like yeah, I don't vodka's know. Gray goose. But yeah, uh, it's not Grey Goose. <laughs> you know, their uh, their whiskey's really like Crown Royal, all that stuff. Yeah. The big one. But yeah, this one's from 1792 Barton 1792, who's yeah. owned by the same company that make does Buffalo Trace. So, so they Sazerac. do all three different variations. So it's like Sazerac is like the the that main corporation. They own Buffalo. Trace, they own Barton, they own, they own a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, that 1792 small batch, it's probably pretty similar to the, the Kirkland small batch. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. You know where it comes from. It's actually bourbon you yeah. know, and all that. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, I don't think I have any other vodka besides Kirkland vodka here in the house. I have the Canadian whiskey, I have, you mm-hmm. know, pretty much all of them to run the gambit. And then once we started getting our like, we got the bottled and bond. Which I think is like my second favorite, the small batch one. I think I got two or three bottles of that, and that went real quick. I think those are, it's pretty good, man. I mean, it was a one liter bottle for 30 bucks. Yeah, you can't beat it. The 750, 1792, the 750 milliliters to 30 bucks. So you get a bigger bottle, uh-huh. probably the same juice that's inside of it, same whiskey. <laughs> I mean, how could you pass that up? And it's yep. Kirkland. Come on. Yeah, it's just right. cool. I mean, it's one of those things where it's done now, unless they decide to do it again. But like that yeah. batch, the single barrel, the the bottled and bond, that's it. Like that's this it. is that's they gone. did enough to to send it across the country, and and that's it. So it's kind of cool. Hopefully, you got a backup to to keep. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they do just more renditions of it, like every year. It's a lot of work, like man. That. Yeah. I mean, that small batch is probably. The fact that they had to send it to you know hundreds of Costco's and they had pallets. What do we, there's like 700 bottles on a pallet. 
I mean, that small batch probably consisted of thousands of barrels. So <laughs> yeah. there's nothing legally that constitutes what a small batch is. It's kind of just a marketing term. So yeah, that's crazy. We were talking about that too. Like the the small batch term really doesn't have as much meaning as you would think it is. It's almost like a marketing no. ploy. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, like it's uh, a single barrel came from a single barrel. So when you see a, like a, a, I'd say an average, depending on the age, you know, if it's aged anywhere from like, let's say four to eight year range, you're probably mm-hmm. getting anywhere from like 180 to 250 bottles out of a 53 gallon barrel. That's because evaporation, which we said was angel share, is that what the evaporation is, whatever gets absorbed into the wood uh, during the aging process, you get, let's say, around 200 bottles. So for each Costco to get 700 bottles <laughs> of a single yeah. barrel, there's, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of different barrels yeah. in there, which is kind of cool because you can almost, you look at the label, it'll tell you what barrel it came out of. Uh-huh. You try them side by side to see what the different, it'll be different. Even yep. though it's the same label, it came out of a different barrel. The small batch, they they dump a, a few barrels, thousands of barrels, hundreds of barrels, whatever together to get a profile that's, you know, they can mass produce. I mean, that's usually mm-hmm. how, that's how like a Maker's Mark always has, like you buy it because you love the taste of it's Maker's same Mark. same taste, yeah. That's how they, I mean, it's, a, it's an art. They blend it to get that? Yes, really, okay. distilling's not the art. Blending is the art because that's how these <laughs> companies get so, you love that Jim Bean flavor, you love Maker's Mark. Well, it's because there's someone there that's blending it to make sure like every bar- barrel age is different. Every barrel is going to have a different profile. So mm-hmm. the that's art cool. of mixing it together to get that profile that's consistent, that's hard. Yeah. That's just crazy to think too, like where the flavors come from, where the, like you'll, there's probably no single barrel that will ever, it's like a snowflake. Like it's never, yeah. you're never going to find it. Cause like the literally where the tree was grown is going to ha- like give you a different taste than, for sure, yeah. I mean, a you tree can in even... a different side of a state or something yeah. crazy like that. Like exactly where that tree was grown is going to give you a different That's like, so cool. flavor. Well, there's even some one. there's some companies uh, that will age their staves. So I think there's like thirty something staves that make up a barrel. And what they'll do is they'll leave it out in the weather for I don't know, a long time, months, uh-huh. years, and it gets all this funk on it. You know, whatever happens during the aging process, and then they'll make a barrel out of it. I mean, that also changes the flavor of it. So <laughs> nice. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and then Home Bar, tell us about Home Bar and what uh, you and your buddy have been working on and yeah. what that is. Yeah. So uh, right now, Home Bar, homebar.io. That's the website. It's also our at on Instagram, homebar.io. It's kind of a passion project with my uh, buddy Kevin and I, the co founder. Um, it's a way to learn about and catalog your whiskey right now. Um, we're building a website and a web app, and uh, we're, we're trying to raise funds to actually have an application in the app store. The web app's pretty cool. You can, uh, let's say you're at a bar, you're trying a whiskey out, and you want to know about it, type it in a home bar. Mm-hmm. Tell you the mash bill, how old it is, where it's from, uh, a little history on the bottle, maybe the distillery that makes it. Uh, it can also, you can add it right to your inventory if you have it or own it. So it's kind of cool, kind of similar to the beer app untapped. Um, nice. That's so, cool. So it'll be, it'll be kind of sweet. Again, it's a passion project. We kind of made it because we like doing it mm-hmm. and you know, there's a, you know, there's a definitely a want out there. Um, <laughs> right now the way you can, you can get on the list to, uh, use the web app and see the, uh, the website is homebar.io. That's the website. You put your email in the uh, the sign up at the bottom, and then hopefully beginning of 2022, we'll have it released for everyone to use, and it's free. So if That's you just awesome. want to learn about whiskey yeah. and see how many bottles you have in your collection and 
and uh, maybe down the road know how much you spent, which <laughs> scary. we're going to make a feature on the app where you can hide that. So yeah, if your yeah. wife ever opens the app, you don't have to, don't have to show it. But. I like it. That's cool. That's so great. yeah, it kind of categorizes like what you have. Yeah. So then if you, you know, if you're like yourself and you have 23,000 bottles in your, yeah. in your house, like you go, Oh, do I have this one already? Do I need yeah. to buy another one? Well, it's, yeah, for me, like I have my collection is probably under 300, but it's, it's, it's over a hundred, somewhere between a yeah. hundred and 300, yeah. probably close to 200. Uh, you know, just you, sometimes you don't know what you have, and you, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just kind of cool yeah. from a collecting standpoint and, uh, just learning about things, mm-hmm. you know? So, it, yeah. So is this going to be like a personal kind of account or is it going to be like a social media style where it's like untapped where you can go on and see people's yeah so right through. now through the web app um it's just going to be your personal account but okay. once we get funding for the actual native app uh in the app store uh it'll be like community driven that's the goal is that you okay, can see what people driven. have tried you can see their tasting notes things like that so that's pretty involved it's a lot of work mm-hmm. you know i think we've uh, we've got over 1100 <laughs> bottles entered right now pretty much mostly bourbon and that's one by one yeah. So, and that's just Kevin and I. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. it's been a lot of work. And he's like a whiz. He's a whiz with, he's a designer. That's his, uh, that's his occupation. So he's making the website. I mean, he does awesome job. So he's, he's the brains. Very cool. Uh, I'm just the guy that can talk and stuff. So that's <laughs> nice. That's mm-hmm. great. Very cool. Yeah. So check that out. Homebar.io and at homebar.io at, uh, on Instagram. So um, we're going to segue into our Michigan beer news. Um, and we've been talking about New Holland, and they have actually become now the the newest, largest independent craft brewery in Michigan. Now with the sell of sell of Bells, oh, they are now they were next in line, right up top. Really, wow! So they're kicking out fifty thousand barrels um, a year. That's what they did in twenty twenty. Uh, next on the list is Old Nation with twenty twenty thousand a year. So they're number two. Griffin Claws number three with twelve thousand, and then Odd Side is right behind them with 11,000 barrels. So really, wow. A new big Michigan dog and, and yeah, mix so they can, they can claim they're the, <laughs> yeah. craft now. that's cool. That, did that. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say old nation. I didn't think they were, I mean, I'm, I'm psyched. That's awesome. Yeah. They're I'm my favorite. I have to say, I they're so raised. good. I love yeah. Old nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're yeah, definitely the, one of our Fritz favorites. lager. Yeah. We, yeah. We tried the Fritz lager last night. That was fantastic. <laughs> that yeah, was so good. I still haven't seen it out on the, uh, I might stop by there on the way to work actually and get some so nice um homes uh you know one of one of the big dogs in michigan now too they just opened a new campus on jackson plaza in ann arbor and so on location is the dozer cafe and roaster uh they have a homes brewery spot there and then the smooge production facility which they basically had to um do because smooge has just blown up so much um and they did have to i got some inside info they had to um kind of like customize their their uh the ports because there's so much fruit and and smoothiness to their really like they had to do <laughs> um they had to do larger ports than a lot of the bigger systems could handle because it would just clog like if they were using half inch ports or something that wouldn't work because it needed a bigger bigger size so <clears throat> they just created their own production facility um so they're gonna have coffee from 7 a.m to 4 they're going to have alcoholic drinks from 3 to 9. Um, they're open Monday through Thursday, 12 to uh, twelve noon to 10 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday, they're open. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. So they're open 3 to 9 Monday through Thursday. They're open noon to 10 on Friday, Saturday, and then 12 to 9 on Sunday. Um, 
And then tickets for the Michigan Beer Winter Fest, uh, Michigan Winter Beer Fest in Comstock Park are on sale now. Uh, you can get those from the Michigan Brewers Guild. Uh, I believe it's mibeer.com. And those are 55 bucks. So very similar to the Fall Beer Fest and, and UP Beer Fest. So um, same kind of thing, 55 bucks, you get 15 sample tokens. Uh, it runs from noon to 6, and this is going to be February 26th of, of this upcoming year. And I'm getting my tickets, and I need to, I need to find a hotel hotel no, over there yeah. too because i got the whole weekend <laughs> off so i know pretty jazzed about that um and then last but not least we got a fresh batch of new brews for you um we're starting out in arctic circle with the whiskeyed whiskeyed rye whiskeyed sugar rye robinson which is a stout uh it's a rye stout with dark brown sugar aged on whiskey barrel chips sign me up <laughs> sounds good um ascension has two new beers first yeah. one is otsukare which is a double dry hopped hazy ipa brewed with mosaic nelson and centennial hops yeah had that one actually nice that's pretty good um full melt is their double ipa uh, that they brewed with mosaic galaxy and strata hops brewery 424 they have peanut butter cup insanity which is uh perfect for someone like me who loves peanut butter cup <laughs> peanut butter cup stouts this is an imperial stout um, with peanut butter cups, marshmallow fluff, um, and vanilla and cocoa nibs at 15%. Brewery Vivant has two new beers. First one's called Tart Hand. This is a farmhouse ale, and this is their first like variant of Farmhand, which is uh, um, one of their farmhouse beers, but this is like the tart version at 5.5%. They also have a stout called Blood Orange Love Shadow, and this is a blend of their Love Shadow pastry stout, um, and just mix that up. And to make a chocolatey, rich orange citrus flavor stout. That's kind of similar to what I think your beer might come out. Yeah, as the one you did with my brother yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So tell us real quick what what uh, what that is. Yeah, so that is a uh, a porter. It's the porter that I did before that recipe, but with a little bit of chocolate that I tossed into the mash, and then uh, instead of fermenting with you know some British yeast. Uh, I went Kvike and I went to Voss and I underpitched it. I did fifth of a packet of yeast and I had measured out three, uh, 30 milliliters and it's a 150 milliliters of yeast is what you get. And I cranked it to 95 degrees. And so <laughs> beating the crap out of that yeast, like we talked about before in the Kvike episode, it's POF negative. So there are, you won't get any phenolics from beating the crap out of the yeast and mistreating it. And the more you mistreat it, really it, uh, while still following very good practices, obviously. This is still yeast. Um, uh, it will just pump out these huge citrus notes. And yeah. so we're hoping to get like that Christmas chocolate orange you, like you hit mm-hmm. and it breaks open. That's that's exactly what we're trying I, to go for. Yeah, this is the brainchild of my brother who yeah. tried the, um, um, your last, like, like yeah. was it a pale ale? Yeah, the pale ale. <clears throat> he goes, man, this would be amazing if we did like a, a stout or a porter like this. It would taste like one of those orange chocolate yeah. balls or whatever that you get. Yeah. And uh, this is where that comes from. So we're excited about yeah. that. And it should be, I mean, Kvike always ferments super quick, but then, you know, you got to wait for the yeah, condition, condition or whatever. Yeah. So what, probably another week or two? Yeah, it'll probably be kegged like in the keezer uh, by next weekend and then just okay. like set to condition, you Perfect. know. Yeah. So we'll be able to pull some samples and kind of like track it along its nice. way and kind of see how that citrus kind of falls off. But yeah. um, the one thing I'm nervous about is I got 100% cacao and put it in there and... I tried a little bit of that, and that was 
the most disgusting thing I've ever tried in my entire life. It was literally for an hour. I couldn't drink coffee. I couldn't drink beer or anything because that's the only thing I it's could just taste. It's like not sweet or anything, right? Yeah, it's yeah. unsweet. It's just, just like bitter. Yeah. yeah. And so I put it in. It's like so a raw I, coffee bean or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked up a bunch of stuff and people were like, like true, pure to form cacao, 100% is great. Toss it in the mash a little bit. It just adds this nice like roundness. Makes sense. And so... I I get it, but trying that dang yeah. thing that was so <laughs> gross, and I only did a little bit, so I probably put like two ounces in, so it wasn't a lot. Yeah. So I'm hoping it doesn't really that nastiness poke through. I'm hoping hoping yeah. it does what people That'd say it cool. does. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, all right, so Broadleaf they have uh, two new beers. First one's a, a Baltic Porter called Iron Colossus. This Ooh. is a lagered version of a big dark beer at eight percent. Yeah. Uh, they have an IPA called Chromatic Explosion. This one's made with citra hops and uh, sativa hop blend at 6.8%. Uh, Conflexity, they have two new beers. Uh, first one's a New England IPA called No Hop, Only Zool. Uh, it's a variation of Hopto. So this is with mango and jalapeno. Um, this one's infused with their flagship New England IPA at 7.8%. Um, and then they also have Gem of the Mac, which is a pale ale. Um, that they made with Gemini and Mackinac hops, all Michigan grown. Nice. Uh, Dimes Brewing, they have a new pale ale called Columbus Among Us, made with all Columbus hops at 4.8%. Uh, our buddies at Dog and Pony Show, they have a new session IPA called Sesh You Up. This one uh, is made with all Michigan ingredients and uh, Chinook hops at 4.7%. Nice. Drafting Table, they have a new blonde ale called Ruby. This one's brewed with blackberries, raspberries, and strawberries at 5%. So I'm assuming this one looks pretty cool. Nice berry looking hue to it so that that <laughs> sounds good um earthen ales they have a new brown ale called sweet john and this one's a coconut brown ale at 7.2 percent, inspired by staff member john who's uh and his love of coconut donuts <laughs> coconut nice. donuts all right coconut donuts uh eastern market has sweater weather this is an imperial stout at 9.5 percent, and this one has a nice aromatic gingerbread spice probably similar to the uh, the stout I was drinking last night, the gingerbread stout from from Big Lake, has a nice little little gingerbread taste to it. No, so that's that pretty, pretty good. Cool. Um, let's see. Elk Brewing has a new stout called Mocha Latte Milk Stout, brewed with local source Madcap Coffee, Dutch cocoa powder, and lactose at five point seven percent. X Fermentation has an alt beer called Tin Man's Alt Beer. Uh, nice copper colored, nice pillowy head and multi body. At 5.3%. So anybody who's listened to our alt beer and lager episodes and stuff, if you're close to experimentation, I'd definitely check that one out. Farmington Brewing Company has uh, two new beers. First one's a Hefeweizen at 4.1% called Hef's Hot Tub Hefeweizen. Nice. And then they also have an <laughs> nice Imperial <name>. Red called <laughs> Notorious R.E.D. This one's at 8.7%. So nice, nice uh, strong red there. Uh, Ferndale Project has... Pretty wild one. This one's a New England triple IPA called Hazy Reception. Uh, this one they collabed with Firmdale Radio, and they triple dry hopped with Nelson Sauvin HBC 586 Experimental Hop and Citra. Uh, they also have a uh, new rendition of their solo series. So this is Batch 002. This is a New England IPA double, hydro, uh, double dry hopped with all Sabro hops. So that one's going to be nice and juicy. Grand Armory has a holiday ale called Billion Dollar Praline. Um, and this is 90 days on uh, cognac barrel chips. Uh, so 5.8% for that one. That sounds nice and festive. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, New, New Holland has another rendition of their Supernova. So this is version number two. This is a pastry stout, and this is the rum raisin cake version. So they have rum barrel-aged 
they've rum barrel aged their pastry stout with raisins, milk sugar, Madagascar vanilla beans, orange peel, and lemon peel. That doesn't sound crazy. I don't know what does. <laughs> I'm down to try it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, North Center, they have American Dream Ale, which is a cream ale, dry hopped, uh, and that brings it in at 5.7%. They also have Cinnamon Fig Stout, which is infused with cinnamon and figs at 7.2%. They have a wheat beer called Smoke Wheat Every Day, made with beechwood smoked <laughs> malt, 5.2%. Classic. Oh, great some name. of the names on this. <laughs> Love that. Uh, North Pier, they have a double IPA called uh, Dragonaut at 8.5%. Um, one of our favorite breweries, One Well, they have a new double blonde, and this is a kind of rendition on uh, Zalapa. Uh, it's called Barrel Aged Helapa, and so it's their Zalapa Lager, which has jalapenos, like their jalapeno lager, um, aged in hot sauce bourbon barrels with Carolina <laughs> Reaper peppers, jalapenos, <laughs> habaneros, and scorpion peppers at twelve percent. What sauce bourbon barrels? I'm gonna drink this at the hospital, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my but God. this, I love Zalapa. So we went to the fall yeah. beer fest and it was the first beer I had, um, of the day. We didn't even have like any on the way or anything like that and get there. They give me a glass of it and the guy goes, Hey, do you want to spice it up a bit? And I'm like, sure. And he throws, he grabs a, a toothpick and grabs me two jalapenos and throws it in. <laughs> so first beer I had, it's like noon is Way to get started. Jalapeno lager with two fucking fresh jalapenos. Why in it. not? Yeah. Like, yeah. They are so spicy too. Yeah, because I think they home grow them too. Oh my so God. that one just scorched my stomach. So I'm like, let's let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ordok uh, has King Lur, and this one's a New England IPA with Azaka and Amarillo hops, and this one's a tap room exclusive. Original Gravity Brewing has a new pale ale called Mystique Pale Ale. This is made with all local hops from Strasburg Farms in in Monroe, Michigan. At 5.8%. Rockford Brewing, they have a new double IPA called Silent Nitro out on tap right now. Uh, Royal Oak has a gingerbread wheat. This is a limited release, and this one's going to have notes of spicy clove and banana bread from the wisen yeast that they used. And then uh, to wrap us up here, Shandorf has new uh, three new beers. First one's a rye pale lager called Right on Time at 5%. They have their anniversary ale, uh, 21, which is a Scottish-inspired amber ale. This one's going to be a caramel sweet, uh, robustly malty, and with the touch of roast at 7.2%. And then Plum Harsh, which is a uh, harsh Weizenbach, aged in bourbon barrels for 16 months, finished on plums at 8.5%. Dang, no plums. That so sounds pretty, good. So pretty that sounds pretty there. damn good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so that'll pretty much wrap it up here for episode 40. Um, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Justin, for for coming out and hanging out with us and teaching us about some bourbon hopefully yeah. uh thanks guys our folks course. fun we'll yeah. check you out um check out justin at broke for bourbon on instagram so b-r-o-k-e number four and then bourbon um and check out any new bottles he finds and some cool contests and stuff that you help run and, and stuff like that so mm-hmm. thanks for coming on we'll have you back soon we'll do uh we'll do something where we can actually taste bourbon and <laughs> yeah, right. for on, sure. On the pod. Yeah, so that's yeah. Yeah. getting ready to go to work. I look so. forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. For Michigan Beer Pursuit, we're out. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Beer Pursuit podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at MIBeerPursuit and on our website at MichiganBeerPursuit.com. If you have any feedback or any questions, make sure to hit us up at Chris at MichiganBeerPursuit.com. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, drink local and enjoy. Cheers.
Thanks for listening. Sad. Sad.